Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Peloponnesian War by Donald Kagan, a captivating exploration of one of the most intricate and influential conflicts of ancient Greece. Published in 2003, this book offers a thorough analysis of a war that reshaped the dynamics of conflict, highlighting the shift from traditional battlefield engagements to the strategic importance of naval power. This transformative period saw long-standing alliances crumble and pitted democracy against oligarchy, leaving an indelible mark on the course of Western history. Donald Kagan, a distinguished American historian and recipient of the National Humanities Medal in 2002, brings his extensive knowledge and unique insights to the subject. Having penned numerous works on the Peloponnesian War and its wide-ranging impacts, including The Fall of the Athenian Empire, and On the Origin of War and the Preservation of Peace. Kagan's expertise offers readers an unparalleled look into this tumultuous era. The Peloponnesian War is an essential read for history enthusiasts, individuals fascinated by military strategy, and anyone seeking to deepen their understanding of classical antiquity. Join us as we explore the nuances of this age-old conflict and its lessons that continue to resonate through the ages. The Peloponnesian War. Get a primer on the epic Peloponnesian War. Introduction. Discover the ancient conflict that reshaped battle strategies. At the twilight of the 5th century BC, two titanic city-states embarked on a showdown that would etch their names into history's annals. Athens, with its formidable naval prowess, and Sparta, renowned for its unmatched infantry. Their battlefield was not just the land or the sea, it was the very concept of warfare itself. Welcome to the Peloponnesian War, a 27-year saga of power, betrayal, and innovation that would redefine military engagement for millennia to come. Imagine war as it was known then. Massive armies arranged in precise formations, meeting head-on in vast fields in battles that often ended within a day. Now, picture the stark contrast the Peloponnesian War posed, fleets of ships clashing on the open sea, insurgencies flaring up within allied cities, and sieges dragging on for years. This conflict was not just a clash of two empires, it was a revolution in the art of war. As our narrative unfolds, you'll traverse the journey from a seemingly minor civil unrest in a little-known region, escalating into a full-blown war that drew Athens and Sparta into its vortex. Witness the catastrophic failure of the Sicilian expedition, a blunder so grave it shattered the fragile peace and thrust the two powers back into the throes of war. And then, there's the tale of the enigmatic general who played all sides of the conflict, serving Athens, Sparta, and even Persia at different times in his life. His story is not just one of survival and cunning, but a testament to the intricate web of politics and loyalty that defined this era. The Peloponnesian War was more than a conflict, it was a crucible of change, where the rules of engagement were rewritten. Dive into this snapshot of history and emerge with insights into a war that, although ancient, 
still resonates with the principles of modern warfare. Part 1. The Simmering Tensions Before the Storm. Athens versus Sparta. In the lead-up to one of history's most enduring conflicts, the Peloponnesian War, the ancient Greek city-states of Athens and Sparta were caught in a web of growing tensions and rivalries. This wasn't a sudden eruption, but a slow burn, a culmination of decades of unease and competition that finally boiled over in 431 BC. But to fully comprehend this monumental clash, let's rewind the tape and explore the historical backdrop that set the stage for war. After jointly repelling the Persian onslaught in the Persian Wars, Athens and Sparta found themselves in a period of uneasy peace. Athens blossomed, harnessing the sea to its advantage, and established the Delian League, a formidable maritime coalition that controlled trade and politics across some 150 city-states. This emergent Athenian empire was a beacon of democracy and innovation, yet its expansion and power did not go unnoticed or unchecked by Sparta. Sparta, Athens' formidable counterpart, stood at the helm of the Peloponnesian League, commanding its own block of allied city-states. The Spartan political arena was a tapestry of governance, blending monarchy, oligarchy, and a hint of democracy. Unique in its societal structure, Sparta operated under a rigorous class system, with the helots, an oppressed class teetering above slavery, underpinning its economy and freeing up the Spartan citizenry to devote their lives to military excellence. Despite their awe-inspiring martial prowess, the Spartans were perpetually wary of helot uprisings, making them reluctant to commit to extended military engagements far from home. The undercurrent of Athenian ascendancy stirred unease within Spartan ranks. Athens's swelling influence and imperialist maneuvers through the Delian League were viewed with skepticism and fear. Spartan apprehensions over Athenian dominance were not unfounded. There was a tangible shift in the balance of power, one that threatened the delicate peace that had settled over Greece post the Persian Wars. Thus, by 431 BC, the tipping point was reached. Decades of rivalry, contrasting ideologies, and mutual distrust converged to ignite a war that would engulf the Greek world. Neither Athens, with its democratic ideals and maritime supremacy, nor Sparta, with its militaristic society and disciplined hoplites, truly sought the catastrophic conflict on the horizon. Yet, propelled by fear, ambition, and a desire to preserve their ways of life, these city-states found themselves on a collision course towards war. This historical backdrop paints a vivid picture of the complexity and inevitability of the Peloponnesian War, an epic struggle that was as much about ideological and cultural differences as it was about power and dominance. Part 2. A spark in the distant Epidamnus ignites a looming war. In the annals of history, the genesis of monumental conflicts often lies in the most unanticipated places, a reality that was as true for the Peloponnesian War as it was for World War I. Before the might of Athens and Sparta clashed in a war that would redefine the ancient world, a seemingly minor event occurred in a location scarcely known to many Athenians, Epidamnus. This city, nestled on the fringe of the Adriatic Sea, 
would unwittingly become the catalyst for a much grander conflict. As tensions simmered beneath the surface of Greek geopolitics, it was the city of Epidamnus that first overflowed. Embroiled in a civil war, the democratic forces within Epidamnus found themselves desperate for aid. They turned to Corsera, their founding city on the island of Corfu, hoping for support. But when Corsera turned a blind eye to their plight, the seeds of a larger turmoil were sown. This refusal set off a domino effect. The beleaguered Epidamnians, now at their wits' end, sought the support of Corinth. Herein lay a tangled web of affiliations and resentments. Although Corsera had been colonized by Corinthians, relations between the two states had deteriorated. Thus, Corinth saw an opportunity, not just to intervene, but to assert dominance by establishing a military presence in Epidamnus. Corsera was not without its own considerable might, boasting a formidable fleet of warships, yet it found itself facing a Corinthian force emboldened not only by its military aspirations, but also by its alliance with Sparta through the Peloponnesian League. This alignment posed a significant threat, prompting Corsera to contemplate seeking Athens' support, a move that alarmed Sparta and pushed it towards intervention in hopes of a peaceful resolution. Yet, peace was not to be. Corinth's ambitious refusal to negotiate and its declaration of war against Corsera escalated the situation dramatically. Though initially, Corsera successfully repelled a Corinthian attack, the unyielding Corinthians began to amass an even larger fleet, prompting Corsera to take the momentous step of aligning with Athens. This chain of events, ignited by the conflict in a distant corner of the Greek world, exposed the fragile web of alliances and animosities that had been straining under the surface. The struggle for Epidamnus was but a precursor, a spark that lit the touch paper, setting Athens and Sparta on an inexorable path to war, a conflict that would engulf the Greek world and echo through history. Part 3. The Prelude to War. Rising tensions draw Athens and Sparta nearer to conflict. In the escalating drama between Athens, Sparta and their allies, diplomacy and brinkmanship played out against a backdrop of rising hostilities. The pivotal moment came in September 433 BC, when the Athenian assembly became the stage for an intense debate that would edge the Greek world closer to widespread conflict. Corsera and Corinth, locked in a dispute that threatened to unravel the fragile peace, sent ambassadors to Athens. Corinth, leveraging the 30 years peace treaty with Athens, argued against Athenian involvement with Corsera, warning that such an action would mark Athens as an enemy. Conversely, the Corsirians highlighted a loophole in the treaty that allowed Athens to form autonomous alliances, thereby justifying a potential partnership. Faced with the Corinthian threat, Athens made a historically significant decision. In an unprecedented move, the assembly opted for a purely defensive alliance with Corsera, a strategy aimed at deterring aggression without provoking outright war. This decision was emblematic of Athens' desire for peace, hoping that their support would either avert conflict or ensure Corsera's victory should hostilities resume. Yet, peace was not to be. The Battle of Sibota 
soon tested this defensive pact. With Corsera on the verge of defeat by Corinthian forces, Athenian reinforcements tipped the scales, forcing Corinth to retreat. However, this intervention did not go unnoticed by Sparta and its allies, complicating the already tense geopolitical landscape. Simultaneously, in Potidaea, a Corinthian-founded city within the ambit of Athenian influence, rebellion broke out, likely encouraged by Spartan promises of support. This act of defiance underscored the deepening divisions and the proximity to an all-out war. Amidst these brewing conflicts, Athens implemented the Megarian Decree, an embargo against Megara for assisting Corinth and violating Athenian directives. This act further aggravated the situation, with Megara, backed by Corinth, voicing its grievances loud and clear to Sparta. By July 432 BC, as Spartan and Athenian ambassadors presented their cases, it was evident that the delicate balance of power was shifting irreversibly. Sparta was forced to confront the growing crisis, with grievances from its allies piling up, compelling it to reconsider its stance. Thus, what began as a localized dispute in Epidamnus had spiraled into a complex web of diplomatic and military maneuvers. The Greek world stood on the brink, with Athens and Sparta at the heart of a confrontation that seemed increasingly inevitable. The stage was set. Decisions made in these tense moments would chart the course towards one of history's greatest wars. Part 4. The Descent into War. How Diplomacy Faltered in 431 BC. As the winds of war began to stir, Athens and Sparta found themselves led by two figures advocating for peace amidst a boiling sea of aggressive posturing and diplomatic intrigue. Athens boasted the formidable Pericles, a figure of unmatched eloquence and political acumen, whose lineage anchored him deeply in the democratic ideals of his city. Across the divide, Sparta was guided by Archidamus, a king whose wisdom and personal connection with Pericles presented a beacon of moderation. Yet, despite their efforts, the specter of war loomed large. Both leaders recognized the complexity and devastation a conflict between their mighty states would entail, with Archidamus prophetically suggesting that any war embarked upon might not see its end within their lifetimes. Soon, Spartan assembly halls echoed with concerns over Athens's imperial endeavors. The consensus was that Athens' relentless pursuit of expansion posed a direct threat to Spartan interests and alliances. In a move reflective of the era's complex diplomacy, Sparta dispatched ultimatums to Athens, each designed to forestall conflict through concessions that, in reality, would significantly weaken Athenian power. These demands included the dissolution of the Athenian Empire and the rescinding of the punitive Megarian Decree. For Athenians inclined toward peace, repealing the decree seemed a small price to pay. However, Pericles, ever the astute statesman, argued otherwise. His stance was unyielding for two fundamental reasons. First, he insisted on arbitration as dictated by the Thirty Years' Peace Treaty, a step he firmly believed could avert war while preserving Athenian sovereignty. Secondly, Pericles foresaw that acquiescing to one Spartan request would precipitate a cascade of demands, undermining Athenian autonomy 
and setting a precedent for Sparta's dominance over Greek affairs. The crux of Sparta's urgency lay in the Corinthian threat to secede from the Peloponnesian League, a move that would significantly weaken Spartan influence. Thus, targeting the Megarian decree alone would not assuage the broader coalition of Spartan allies clamouring for assertive action against Athens. In the end, the diplomatic dance faltered. Sparta, tethered to its allies' demands and unwilling to resort to arbitration, and Athens, guided by Pericles' principled rejection of ultimatums, found no common ground. As diplomacy unravelled, conflict became inevitable. The spark came in March 431 BC when Spartan allies in Thebes launched a surprise attack, marking the irrevocable descent into decades of warfare that would fundamentally reshape the Greek world. Thus began the Peloponnesian War, a conflict seeded in the ambitions and fears of its leading states, precipitated by failed ultimatums and ignited by aggressive manoeuvres. A war that both Pericles and Archidamus had sought to avoid but now found themselves inexorably drawn into. Part 5. Athens' Defensive Gambit a strategy thwarted by unforeseen challenges. As the drums of war began to beat between Athens and Sparta, Athens embarked on a war strategy that sharply deviated from the conventions of warfare at the time. Orchestrated by the visionary leader Pericles, Athens' approach was rooted in defence, leveraging the city's robust fortifications and unrivaled naval prowess to outlast Spartan aggression. The rationale was clear. By avoiding direct land confrontations with Sparta's formidable infantry and instead focusing on naval engagements, Athens hoped to force Sparta into recognizing the futility of their campaign. This calculated retreat behind Athens's mighty walls seemed a sound plan, especially considering the superior skill of Athenian sailors and the strategic advantages afforded by the sea. However, as the conflict unfolded, reality proved far more complex and unforgiving than either side had anticipated. During the initial years of the conflict, Athens' defensive posture bore some fruit. Spartan raids into Athenian territory, Attica, were repelled, and Athens managed to secure strategic victories that bolstered its position. Yet, the long-term sustainability of this strategy was already under question. The first year's end brought a stark realization. Sparta remained unbroken, and Athenian lands suffered significant agricultural damage due to Spartan raids. The onset of the second year saw a shift in Pericles' outlook. The need for a more assertive military stance was becoming evident, but Athens faced a slew of daunting internal challenges. A devastating plague tore through the densely populated city, claiming the lives of up to one-third of its inhabitants. This calamity, coupled with the financial strain of maintaining a sizable navy, began to erode the foundations of Pericles' strategic vision. Amidst the escalating crisis, Pericles' leadership faced mounting criticism, with political rivals arguing for a departure from his defensively oriented strategy. The situation reached a critical juncture by the war's third year, marked by the untimely death of Pericles. His passing left a void in Athenian leadership with no single figure capable of commanding the united front Pericles had fostered. In the power vacuum that ensued, two contrasting ideologies emerged, 
represented by Nicias and Cleon. Nicias, advocating for peace, sought to restore stability and negotiate an end to the hostilities. Conversely, Cleon, embodying the spirit of Athenian defiance, called for an uncompromising pursuit of victory, categorically rejecting any form of compromise with Sparta. The debate between peace and total victory signaled the end of Athens's initial defensive strategy. With Pericles' demise, Athens found itself at a crossroads, struggling to reconcile the need for a sustainable long-term plan with the demands and pressures of an increasingly protracted and devastating conflict. Part 6. From Brutality to a Fragile Peace The Tumultuous Journey of the Peloponnesian War The Peloponnesian War reshaped the very essence of warfare, leaving behind the days of orderly battle lines in open fields for a more ruthless and chaotic engagement. This era of conflict saw cities torn apart from within as allegiances oscillated between democratic aspirations and Spartan-inclined oligarchies. The fabric of Greek society unraveled as the war escalated, morphing into a theatre of relentless brutality, where the traditional rules of engagement were cast aside. The grim realities of this war were marked by indiscriminate executions and enslavement, shadowing Greek civilization with atrocities that underscored the ferocity of the conflict. In the midst of shifting powers and the ensuing chaos, the city of Mytilene bore witness to the ruthless nature of wartime policy when, following a rebellion against Athens, a thousand men were executed without trial in a harsh display of punitive retribution. This was a moment of compromise, a chilling testament to the brutal measures considered in the heat of war, fueled by Cleon's unyielding stance on absolute retribution. The tide of war, however, began to exhibit signs of change around 427 BC, chiefly through the strategic acumen of Athenian general Demosthenes. His ambition and ingenuity led to the fortification of Pylos, a move that, unbeknownst at the time, would pave the way for a significant Athenian victory. The establishment of this stronghold on the coast of Messenia was not merely tactical, but a stroke of strategic brilliance that would bring Athens a much-needed triumph. The resulting naval clash near Pylos stood as a devastating blow to Spartan naval supremacy, capturing 292 Spartans, including 180 of its most esteemed warriors. The shock of this loss reverberated through Sparta, prompting immediate calls for a truce and marking a pivotal moment in the hostilities. The wheels of negotiation, long stagnant, began to turn, albeit tentatively. Yet, this stirring Athenian victory did not translate into the decisive advantage Athens had hoped for. The war's fickle nature soon manifested when Sparta seized Amphipolis, dealing a strategic and psychological blow to Athens by capturing a city critical for its resources. The subsequent death of Cleon, the vociferous advocate for unending war, shifted the balance within the Athenian political landscape, creating a conducive environment for peace negotiations led by Nicias. This chain of events, culminating in the ratification of the Peace of Nicias on March 12, 421 BC, brought a momentary cessation to the hostilities. This fragile peace, forged in the aftermath of relentless war, marked a brief interlude in the protracted conflict between Athens and Sparta. Though the treaty did not signify total victory for either side, 
it offered a much-needed respite, allowing both powers to reflect on the tumultuous journey from the brutality of war towards the elusive promise of peace. Part 7. The Fragile Peace Shattered. A Sicilian Catastrophe Reignites War. The Peace of Nicias, a delicate truce that had ended years of relentless warfare between Athens and Sparta, was fraught with tension from the outset. Despite mutual exhaustion and the release of Spartan hostages providing leverage for peace, underlying animosities and unresolved disputes threatened the treaty's longevity. The reluctance of Sparta's ally Thrace to relinquish control of Amphipolis, a critical condition of the peace, offered an early indication that this was a peace hanging by a thread. Among the emerging threats to the fragile tranquility was the city of Argos. Positioned strategically and harboring ambitions, Argos wasted no time in forming the Argive League, a new coalition that stood apart from the established Peloponnesian League. The inclusion of Matinea and Elis into this new alliance signaled a potential power shift in the region. The subsequent Battle of Mantinea, won by Sparta, only added tension, with Argos experiencing a short-lived imposition of oligarchic rule amidst the political turbulence. As Athens navigated this uneasy peace, the emergence of warhawks, notably led by the influential Hyperbolus, underscored the precarious nature of the truce. Yet, it was the unfolding disaster in Sicily that ultimately doomed the peace agreement and plunged Athens and Sparta back into the throes of war. The Sicilian campaign has been likened to modern military quagmires, such as the United States' involvement in Vietnam, due to its disastrous execution and spiralling consequences. Responding to pleas from their allies Segesta and Leontini, who faced aggression from Syracuse, Athens embarked on a military venture to Sicily. Despite initial reservations, an overconfident Athenian assembly, swayed by Nicias's warnings of the massive armed force needed for success, appointed him to lead the massive armada. One glaring oversight in Nicias's preparations was the absence of a crucial military asset, cavalry. This miscalculation squandered an early advantage when Athenian forces, lacking mounted troops, missed a pivotal opportunity to decisively defeat the retreating Syracusan forces. The window for a swift victory closed as Syracuse, seizing the moment of Athenian vulnerability, called upon Sparta for support. The dire consequences of Athenian overreach in Sicily culminated in a devastating defeat. The return to war was marked by a tragic coda, with 7,000 Athenian prisoners perishing after enduring months of cruel captivity in Syracusan stone quarries. This calamity not only underscored the strategic blunders of Athens, but also served as the catalyst for the rekindling of hostilities between Athens and Sparta, effectively dismantling the uneasy peace that had prevailed for a brief period. Part 8. The Persian Gamble How Foreign Intervention Threatened Athenian Democracy as the conflict between Athens and Sparta intensified with the disastrous Athenian campaign in Sicily, a new, formidable force emerged on the geopolitical chessboard, Persia. Long a spectre in the backdrop of Greek conflicts, Persia shifted from a passive observer to an active participant, decisively tilting the balance of power. 
the aftermath of the Sicilian debacle, which saw the loss of Athenian generals Nicias and Demosthenes, signaled to Persia's great king Cyrus that the time was ripe to back Sparta. With Persian coffers now open to them, Sparta was able to augment its naval capabilities, presenting a direct challenge to Athenian dominance at sea. This development not only intensified the conflict, but also raised ominous questions about the survival of Athenian democracy. Indeed, the allure of Persian support stirred ambitions and plots within Athens itself, culminating in a dramatic coup in 411 BC. Central to this political upheaval was the enigmatic figure of Alcibiades. A general known for his charisma, beauty, and strategic cunning, Alcibiades had fled to Sparta to escape charges of blasphemy, only to find himself in the intricate web of Persian politics as an advisor to Tissaphernes, a Persian governor. Alcibiades ingeniously suggested that Persia might back Athens if the city-state abandoned democracy for oligarchy. Despite the dubious veracity of his claims and the sincerity of Persian promises, the mere prospect of Persian support ignited a coup aimed at restructuring Athenian governance. The oligarchic faction, known as the 400, seized control, ostensibly to reallocate resources for the war effort. However, their true intentions quickly became apparent. They had no plans to restore democratic governance. As news of their willingness to negotiate Athens' surrender for personal security spread, public outrage boiled over. The spectre of a Spartan fleet approaching Athens fueled a decisive uprising, leading to the coup's collapse and the execution of its principal architects for treason. In the aftermath of this tumultuous period, Athenian democracy was reinstated, clearing the way for a most unexpected outcome the return of Alcibiades to Athens. Despite his controversial past and involvement in the coup, Alcibiades' charisma and military prowess garnered him a surprising redemption. His re-emergence on the political scene underscored the complexities and contradictions of Athenian democracy, which found itself grappling with internal betrayals and the external pressures of Persian-backed Spartan aggression. Part 9 the roller coaster return of Alcibiades and Athens' bittersweet triumph. In the tumultuous aftermath of political upheaval and military setbacks, Athens yearned for a figure of valor and vision. The choice fell on Alcibiades, a man whose earlier exploits and strategic acumen had left a mark on the Athenian imagination. Unaware of his complicity in the destabilizing coup, and perhaps fueled by his undiminished ardor, for the city he had once betrayed, the Athenian populace embraced his return. Alcibiades, for his part, was determined to cement his redemption with a tangible victory, aware that not all would welcome him with open arms. His opportunity for redemption came with an audacious campaign in the strategically vital Hellespont region. Here, Alcibiades orchestrated a series of victories that not only reclaimed the city of Salimbria, but also restored Byzantium, a critical nexus of trade and military maneuvering, to Athenian control. Yet the resurgence of Alcibiades was to be fleeting. Deployed against the formidable Spartan admiral Lysander, Alcibiades' fleet, under the temporary command of his confidant Antiochus, suffered a disastrous defeat at Ephesus. Alcibiades, 
unwilling to face the wrath of Athens again, withdrew into a self-imposed exile in Gallipoli. The Athenian spirit, however, was far from broken. A remarkable victory at the Battle of Arginusae saw an underdog Athenian force, albeit inexperienced and hastily gathered, outmaneuver and decisively defeat the Spartan fleet. This win, impressive in its execution, was nonetheless tainted by a heartbreaking neglect, the failure to rescue and recover fallen Athenian soldiers from the turbulent seas post-battle. This oversight incited furore back in Athens, and in a climate of heightened emotions and demand for accountability, a tragic decision was made. Eight generals responsible for the Athenian fleet at Arginusae were executed, a move that subsequently haunted the city with regret. The fallout was profound, leaving Athens not only morally wounded, but also bereft of seasoned military leadership. Complicating matters further was the increasing influence of Persian gold fueling Sparta's war efforts. With Persian support, Sparta quickly rebuilt its naval capabilities, assembling a force that dwarfed previous fleets. This resurgence set the stage for the final act of this long and wearying conflict, the Battle at Aegospotami, which would once again test the mettle and endurance of the Athenian state and its people. Part 10. The resilient spirit of Athenian democracy endures through defeat. The Battle of Aegospotami marked a pivotal moment in the Peloponnesian War, with Sparta's Lysander outsmarting the Athenian fleet through strategic placement and tactical restraint. Positioned in an area devoid of a harbour, Lysander's choice for the battlefield put Athens at a significant disadvantage, stripping it of the open waters that had often been its playground for naval dominance. In a twist of fate, Alcibiades emerged from his self-imposed exile, offering strategic counsel to the beleaguered Athenian commanders. From his vantage point in Gallipoli, he proposed a retreat to the fortified Sestos, or alternatively, the deployment of Thracian forces against Lysander on land. Yet, the shadow of his past misdeeds loomed large, and his advice, possibly game-changing, was unheeded, marred by the stigma of his prior transgressions. The Athenian decision to engage with a fraction of its fleet, a mere thirty ships, proved disastrous. This ill-fated manoeuvre left the bulk of the Athenian ships vulnerable and unprepared, culminating in a catastrophic defeat that signalled the end of Athenian naval prowess and, effectively, the war itself. In the war's aftermath, Sparta's siege tactics aimed to cripple Athens into submission by cutting off supplies and threatening the populace with starvation. The Spartan demand for total Athens capitulation, demolishing its walls and succumbing to oligarchic rule, was a bitter pill, yet Athens held out. The protracted negotiations, led by Theramenes, offered Athens a grim concession. Dismantling its walls, surrendering its fleet, and installing an oligarchic government as the only alternatives to utter destruction. Accepting these terms was a testament to the Athenian will to survive against all odds. Yet within this concession, the embers of Athenian democracy were far from extinguished. Thrasybulus, a former general, became the beacon of democratic resilience. From the mountains surrounding Athens, he rallied support to oust the oligarchic interlopers, endeavoring not for retribution but for reconciliation and reform. This moderation laid the groundwork for Athenian recovery and the eventual re-establishment of what would be known 
as the Second Athenian Empire. Through defeat, heartache, and overwhelming odds, Athens demonstrated an indomitable spirit. Its adherence to democratic principles, even in the darkest of times, forged a legacy of resilience and renewal that would outlive the war and redefine the very fabric of Athenian society. Final summary. The Peloponnesian War stands as a monumental episode in the annals of history, encapsulating three decades of relentless conflict that saw Athens and Sparta, two titans of the ancient Greek world, drawn into an enduring and bitter rivalry. This war was characterized not merely by its length, but by its profound departure from traditional modes of warfare, pitting neighbor against neighbor and reshaping the political landscape of Greece. At the heart of this conflict was Athens, wielding its unrivaled naval prowess to maintain dominance on the seas against the formidable land forces of Sparta. The strategic tussles marked by Athens' efforts to leverage its maritime strength underscored a new kind of warfare, one that extended beyond the battleground to encompass sieges, political machinations, and alliances that constantly shifted the tide of engagement. However, the Athenian strategy, despite its initial promise, faltered in the face of Spartan resilience and the unforeseen intervention of Persia. The entry of Persian financial support enabled Sparta to replenish its naval capabilities, tilting the scales decisively in its favor. This newfound advantage allowed Sparta to secure a series of crucial victories that would ultimately lead to the downfall of Athenian supremacy. Yet the aftermath of the war did not spell the end for Athenian ideals and aspirations. The city's indomitable spirit and steadfast commitment to democracy saw it navigate the perils of defeat and occupation. Amidst the ashes of war, Athens embarked on a path of rebuilding, laying the foundations for the resurgence of its empire, exemplified by a renewed dedication to the principles of democratic governance. Thus, the Peloponnesian War, for all its devastation, emerged as a testament to resilience and the enduring human capacity for renewal in the face of adversity. It serves as a reminder of the complexities of war and the unyielding spirit of Athens, which, even in defeat, managed to forge a legacy of democracy and empire-building that continues to inspire to this day. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.